Welcome to Friends and Fables, an interview series on our podcast where we chat with friends new and old about TTRPG and everything in between. I'm your host, Tanner Azanero, and today I'm joined by someone you've probably seen on your TikTok timeline if you've ever found yourself on D&D TikTok. He's a talented actor and an authority on fantastic D&D homebrew items, the dungeon master for the Hero Club podcast series, and according to his bio on their podcast website, he's never won a single game of rock, paper, scissors. Not once. I'm Owen a, a thousand. <laughs> Hello, I'm George. George Primavera. <laughs> Hello, friend. Hi, Tanner. Thanks for having me. We're so happy to have you on. I got to ask, what? <laughs> what is it? So, like, clearly, like, you're famously, you cannot win a game. Of- okay, I must give something off in my face that's a perfect tell like casino royale uh-huh. I, uh it must be so obvious exactly what i'm throwing every time mm-hmm. if, if it's a game for no stakes i can win and okay. chance acts normally but as soon as it is for anything i am uh over got it so, so so how does that translate into like the dm poker face of like oh god you know giving away that's really funny because it it honestly probably has followed me into D&D in another form. And I'm just thinking about that now. Mm-hmm. I can't uh, bet a player anything yep. with like a silly high DC without mm-hmm. uh, them absolutely meeting it. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'll be like, oh, yeah, you got no arcana proficiency. Roll me a 25. Uh, you know, a nat 20 might do it. And it's like, uh, I rolled an 18. And I'm like, well, that's tube. And then somebody's like, flash of genius. Yep. Give me yep. like four bonuses. And it's, uh, I never see it coming. And it always gets me. Yep. Yeah. That's more just being outsmarted. Yeah. <laughs> hey, w- w- there's more of them than there are of us. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. They're yeah. gaining up on us. We exactly. need all the support we can get. And I get that too, because I, w- before I started, play D and I had I have no poker face I've gotten a lot better because of D&D but anytime my players are talking about stuff or they're like theorizing on things I've just a bit you're like yep yeah, but I've just I've gotten into the practice of just like dead staring at nothing down. yes <laughs> yeah like you like they know that I'm trying not to give anything away and they know that, but they still don't know like what, like whether or not they're on the right track or anything. Cause I just totally shut down. Total the- utter shut down. And they're like, well, we're onto something. Yeah. <laughs> Either we, or we're about to ruin everything or we're about to uh, make three sessions, one session. Right. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Well, we're so glad to have you on. Happy um, to be here. So uh, your first uh, direct experience with D&D came from, uh, 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 if I understand correctly, your friend convincing you to do something that I think the majority of D&D players have not done, which is read the entire player's handbook. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. My uh, my good, uh, my best friend from college, Nick, uh, Nick Williams, who is also the person who I co-created uh, Hero Club with. Mm-hmm. Um and I still work with him uh, very closely in all things D&D to this day. Uh, we we were listening to um, the podcast Nerd Poker featuring Brian Posehn and friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were into like that kind of comedy scene at the time. We really loved it uh, and loved listening to it. We were laughing our butts off. And finally, we decided like we got enough people that uh, could look past the utter nerddom that is the stigma of D&D. At you know a very theatery college, so we 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 snagged some fun people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we played a game of flip cup. I lost. I had to go sink sixty dollars into an activity I wasn't even sure I was gonna like. Oh, seventy the dice. Um, yeah. But um, <laughs> uh, ended up reading the player's handbook, and I I got a like we started with fourth edition, which is interesting. Oh wow, uh, yeah. which not a lot of players have started at because it was mm-hmm. so like a don't even do it, go to three point five, and yeah. then five came out, and it was like skip all the others, go right to five for yeah. some people. So we started with fourth, uh, and completely loved it. And I think the main thing that really got me is like, um, I had never really been exposed to TTRPGs, but had always wanted something like a TTRPG, and didn't know that's what they were. Yes. Um. Yeah. So it was like, I, as I was reading the manual and also the art helps, I love a book with pixies, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, but uh, <laughs> I'm stealing that for uh, my for vocabulary. Oh for yeah. Sure. No. Uh, and then um, uh, just like 
seeing how customizable it could be. And also, I think even in my early times, like the, the first game we played, immediately my players were like, here's three homebrew races we want to try. And I was like, <laughs> we haven't even played a game yet, guys. But yep. like we had a scarecrow, a bear, uh, a human, because you got to be one, yep. and like a, uh, a like an elf yep. in our first campaign, you know? Um, uh, I just like immediately loved it. The first game, the first roll of my first game ever was Nick rolling a nat 20 to kill my quest giver with a punch. Hell yeah. Uh, and immediately realized I, everything I had planned for the night was useless. And we had the most fun, like 45 minute intro sesh of D and D ever. And I like, I think right away knew I like, we're going to play a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. I, I, it's funny. I have a similar kind of experience. Oh, please. Um, uh, one of my cast members, Nathan was also, uh, also a good friend of mine. And one of the people I played D and D with first, mm-hmm. he also hit me with the immediate, like, okay, so you're DMing for the first time. Great. I want to play an orangutan. An orangutan, yeah, right. <laughs> yes, that's what he hit me with. Um, <clears throat> uh, so I'm, I'm very familiar with that. Can I play a rock with gills? Sure. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever you want. God, that's hilarious. Um, so I definitely feel that, but yeah, it, it, it it's, uh, it definitely is the kind of thing. I, I, I feel like I've talked about this with someone before, but I feel like it's the kind of thing where D and D like is either brought to a group of people by a DM who really like who DMS cause they really want to get other people to play. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, or, or it is um, just like an osmosis group choice. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Where like and it kind of fell on your shoulders, but it never it never happens like on purpose fully. It's always like the game kind of hits you like a ton of bricks. Yeah, and then you it. found out, you know, you, you know, I, w- I will say I was really into HeroScape as a kid. Oh, wow. Which that's a thing I haven't thought about in yeah. so long. Oh, actually. Uh, so many miniatures and I have like a bucket, like the size of my desk of terrain that I yeah. use for games. But uh, like, here's a classic hero scape mini Subakna from the wow. hero scape. That's the crazy. Sick miniature. God, I haven't um, thought about hero scape in so long. So that intro and like loving the minis for, for hero scape and stuff like that. As soon as I realized D and D was like all of that, I was, I was, yeah, that's another thing that hooked me. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Wow, you are unlocking parts of my brain. Heroescape, I never got to actually play. I just owned the board game and I oh. was the I was the oldest of of my all my brothers and everything and they were yep. quite a bit younger than me. So, okay. I never got to play it with them. We just owned the board game and I always remember being like Man, I wish I had friends like, to oh. play this game. I, I also I have two brothers and a sister. My brothers and I I, I am also the oldest of four. Mm-hmm. But we would we would play HeroScape in like the three point draft armies. Oh uh, yeah, and it was we I think we rarely finished a game before somebody was like, "I'm gonna lose, I quit." So we never mm-hmm. got to like see stuff all the way through. Yeah, but like uh, then we also had these friends. I lived in a very small town in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Um, who like lived on like just like this tucked away little like farmhouse, and they had this like crazy winding staircase up to a too low of a ceiling playroom where they like put the kids and the Nintendo 64 up in, you know, and the GameCube. Uh, And uh, there was like on one whole section of the room was completely unusable because it was just HeroScape terrain and all of the minis we didn't have. And it was like we would stay up to like four in the morning, just like moving pieces. And like the people who had already died would go play Mario Golf. And, you know, yeah, your escape was and probably an easy like trigger for me to be immediately addicted. Yeah. Um, Where they So as you were going through, like, again, I mean, I'm guilty of this also mm -hmm. of like, you know, not reading the books (laughs) for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Were there like some aspects of reading through kind of, you know, the more nitty gritty of it and learning about the game firsthand in the proper quote unquote proper way? Um, that kind of inspired your love of the game even further. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, um, like when I first started playing it, it's obviously like so many rules to digest. Right. And Mm -hmm. like even one reading all the way through couldn't get me what I needed in terms of like a rule set mastery. Mm -hmm. So we did a lot of made up stuff in 4E. Um, and I, you know, I was like, I think we did like, if you had like a cantrip you could cast, or I don't even know if it was called a cantrip, an at will spell that Mm -hmm. you could cast of a certain element 
you could like roll an arcana check to do anything with that element. You know what I mean? Like, so, so we were like, really like, like if you had an acid spell, uh, you could like, or what, what's a better example? If you had like an ice spell, you could like, and that didn't necessarily like allow you to like freeze a cubic, something of water. You right. could with an arcana check, freeze a certain area of water by like putting your hand in the water. So oh, like, cool. like a more loosey goosey, um, with direct effects. Cool. Yeah. I was going to ask too. So it's interesting that you start with fourth edition that do, do you feel like, are there parts of fourth edition then that you've kind of held on to? I know fourth yeah. edition is oh, yeah. super popular. Three but. big ones, the bloodied mm-hmm. condition, mm-hmm. uh, the concept of minions, which are like the one hit kill monsters that can yep. sometimes hit very hard and be very scary. Like they're not just like for nothing. Yep. Um, and I think also those are like the two biggest, I'm trying to think like what fourth edition would I have directly brought in? Um, I think enough of five E felt like I could see where it came from in four E like daily spells were just like, Oh, it's a spell slot roster. I understand like, or, um, uh, but like that, that kind of just translates into like magic item charges to me. Mm -hmm. So it, it still like makes sense in my brain. Um, I think just like the, I think five E was, uh, super freeing because it was stuff was a lot more basic and allowed you to like kind of just describe the color however you wanted a little more Mm -hmm. um 4e was like crack the shell this is exactly what happens the turtle like enemy you're attacking and i'm like but i'm attacking an ooze but okay whatever Mm -hmm. cracks their defensive okay more ooze okay so all right fine this seems (laughs) weird to use crack the shell on this gelatinous cube but i'm going Mm to um just felt like more free i think 5e um yeah and I, I, I kept playing fast and loose with rules until uh, over the pandemic. Um, I put out like a thing on Instagram to be like, hey, anybody who wants to play d and I'm just going to play a bunch of D&D uh, because I got laid off from like my job. I was working as a bartender at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up for 22 weeks playing like five games a week, DMing for we ended up having. 45 players and six DMs in like a uh we called it, it was Clear Veil was our was our setting name. Uh-huh. Uh and through those many, many, many games I played, like over a hundred games, I got very good with 5e rules. Uh oh, so that's now so interesting. I'm like I'm pretty like locked in on 5e as like my rule set that like I know. Uh so I I my thing is always when I break rules, it's like uh, I'll, I'll wager you, which is how I lose all my bets. Yep. You know, yes. it's like, yeah, <laughs> full circle. There it is. Boom. God, that's wow, why that's I lose funny. all the time. Yeah. It's funny that you went into 4E very, like, l- quite literally by the book, and then 5E I know. was just down in the trenches. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome, though. That's a, that's such a crazy, um, that's, that is such a high volume of D&D. To drown I, I did, in. Th- with the math of that, I, I did it. Uh, I've played like like easily over a thousand hours of D and D. It put me way over the. T- and I, I also like I have some like uh, groups that I run like just private games for like on the weekly. And with those, I'm still running like three to four games a week. So I'm and I'm still not tired of it either because yeah. the uh, I play with so many different skill levels that it like. The the expert players are always doing cool stuff tactically that I think is really sick. And then the players who don't really know what they're doing are doing, you know, batshit insane stuff that yeah. makes me go like I, I like I, I just played a game last night that was <laughs> it was um very Roman themed game, but all of the players were cleaning supply themed and they were going to uh remove the blockage from the flooded bowl uh of the Turkish Empire. <laughs> Oh my god! So you understand it, it, like I, it, it's I don't. There's an unending creativity in Five E's. Just the frame, you know. That yeah. Play. It was a player suggestion to do something like toilet themed, and I <laughs> went, "That's my shit, baby." <laughs> Literally. Uh, oh my god! It, it's just it's not so much about the rule set for me. The rule set's like a just a tool to be there with people. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. yeah, which is funny because because uh, I feel like your um kind of the the for lack of a better term kind of the the brand and everything I feel like that at least I know of, uh, mm. of you from your content and everything 
is pretty, you know, a rules focused and, and pretty rules, uh, heavy, um, yeah. in terms of, you know, the type of, uh, things that you've, uh, put out and created on TikTok and that sort of thing. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, your TikTok journey kind of began with your partnership with enthusiast gaming That's on, correct. uh, table tips. Yeah. That's right. That's where it kind of yes. got started for you. Yes, yes, yes. The table tips thing was uh, pure luck. I just kind of fell into it. I was uh, working full time as a voice actor, uh, but it was really rough hours because I, I wasn't getting those Coke commercials you see on the TV. Yeah. I was doing the voiceovers for like the North Carolina Toyota dealership in this small town, that kind mm -hmm. of thing. Yep. So it was like a lot of work and uh, a lot of like getting up at four in the morning to beat the New York people to auditions mm -hmm. stuff like that because yep. of being online. Um, so I got this gig as just as I was getting like really burned out, uh, and it ended up, uh, going for like almost like more than a year. It was like a year and three months, which was so awesome. And I was really like, uh, very lucky to be able to do something like that. Um, it, uh, EG and uh, I have like since parted ways, uh, they have mm -hmm. just like restructured their company to be more focused on electronic gaming. Uh, but uh, they gave me a really awesome opportunity to like really do whatever I wanted, which yeah. was re I'm really grateful to that. It really helped me find like a voice in terms of like what I want to contribute to. Like I, I already have like my narrative outlet. I get to do my storytelling with Hero Club. So mm -hmm. uh, getting to be get getting to like the nitty gritty of the game stuff was, you know, that that also scratches an itch that I have. So, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. What what it, what was it like? I mean, that's super cool that it kind of sounds like you just kind of got to run with, uh, yeah. you know, making table tips uh, your own, your own, really. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> what was it like kind of going from, I don't know where you were at, were at in your relationship to D&D &D at that point, um, but what was it like going from this kind of hobbyist type thing into like full on working with um, I would imagine a, a small team putting out this professional level, uh, yeah. uh, D and D content that was fully by the sounds of it, fully of, you know, your own design and everything. Yeah. I think that's a great question. Um, I think, so it, it, I did work with a small team. I was like essentially acted as like the host and writer. Right. Um, I had a producer who was also like, uh, you know, um, a little bit more on like the TikTok savvy things of like, hey, we need these because the algorithm's changing. So like they would help me kind of navigate that. Um, and then really talented editors, obviously, um, yeah. which I at, doing the editing myself now, I can I can confirm is tough. It's a lot of mm -hmm. work. And yeah. They were really excellent at it. Uh, so that really helped um, knowing that I was like supported by like very talented people was awesome. Um, and um, I would say my concerns going in were, oh, no, am I making my fun thing a work thing? Mm -hmm. But I and then like, what do I have for fun things? And I will be honest and say that has sort of happened, but it was sort of on its way to happening already. Where like mm -hmm. D&D was my escape and now it is my job, which, you know, is one of the luckiest things you can have. And working is fun, but it also means I have no hobbies now. Yep. Uh, which means that like to relax, is, I, I find it very hard to like turn off now. Mm -hmm. like, every uh, opportunity for leisure feels like it should be an opportunity to make something of it, yep. which is not healthy. Yeah. Um, so that is my personal uh, journey right now is trying to a find a good hobby, which, you know, trying to go outside more. And that's mm -hmm. been really great. I'm going on a hike after this. And I think yep. everybody should go on more hikes. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, my inkling or my inkling, excuse me, my um habit would probably be to like dive really deep into a video game, which mm -hmm. I am playing a lot of Overwatch. Uh, nice. Blizzard's terrible and it's a bad thing, but I really <laughs> love the game. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still trying stuff out. Really loving pickleball. You got to try it. Oh, nice. Pickleball craze is real. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I understand the, um, my friends and, and everyone on the podcast has joked about it. Um, 
about how uh, I did music before this, um, mm. before getting into the and D and I am, I am the kind of person where I'm like, Oh, do I enjoy doing this thing? Yes. How do I, how do I turn it into the thing that I do for my work? It's the, all it's the, the, time? It's the uh, I think you should leave sketch. Oh, I really yeah. want to make money. From this. <laughs> yeah. I really want to Yeah, how do I uh, make money off of this. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's exactly, that is my curse. Um, for sure. I get yeah. that. It is all us just going along with the capitalism rat race of the USA. Oh my God. Yep. Enough already. <laughs> Why know. must we assign a value to everything? I know. I know. It's because uh, they, what, that's, yeah, I gotta tell you this season of, I think you should leave really spoke to me. Yeah. What have they done to us? Yeah. It feels like we are trapped, but yep. Well, uh, hey, you know, and, and yet. Here we are. You and yeah, I here we are finding ways to try to make the the prison uh doable and mm -hmm. you know uh also just um I think that you know not to get like all philosophical and stuff. Oh, please get philosophical. Spending more time with, you know, the people that we love is really good. Um and making time for your friends where you're not playing D&D. That mm -hmm. I think was my problem. I was constantly being like, hey, so you guys want to just play a game? And people yep. were like, no. Yep. We do that all the time yep. for recording. That's not how we're going to unwind. Yep. Um, and yeah, so it's been fun trying new stuff. And new yeah, games, that's great. too. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, I, it is important to make sure that like, especially I feel like with, you know, D&D &D and the industry of D&D &D and participating in, you know, actual play content. Yeah, it is important to within those same circles, not even not even just time away from the game and away from the microphones and everything. It's also important just to also keep those off mic home games too. Yeah. Um, we we do our best to try and keep our. Um, do you play our D and D for those games? Uh, yeah, actually. So um, uh, we cool. uh, are working on some things that I can't talk about right now that are Ooh. kind of outside of the. Uh, uh, D and D realm of, for NDA. our show uh, okay. <laughs> NDA for the moment, for the brief moment, a little NDA. Um, uh, but, we, but I, I actually haven't gotten to play any other, um, TTRPGs as of yet. Um, Ooh. but I'm really, I really want to, um, I really want to, I'm very I interested. Will, can I give in you the, a suggestion? Oh, just please, like, please do. I just loved. Uh, you should try at least the, 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 I think it's only the play test that's out right now, but you should give Candela Obscura a shot. Yeah, I've heard um, a lot of really good things about excellent. that. Mm -hmm. The world is excellent. It is a and I am not somebody who likes to play from books lore. Mm -hmm. uh, and I read the lore and was like, I'm using this. This is yep. great. It, it's incredible. It's 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 just the illuminated worlds system. So it's like that dice pool system where you're um, you can like loan people like a D6 dice pool. So it's mm -hmm. very easy to find dice for. Yeah. Uh, and um it's uh if you if you lean into the vibe just a little with a little music or a little lighting it is fantastic perfect really, really yeah i've heard a lot of really good things i've also i've i've really been interested in trying like a kids on bikes uh yeah kids uh, on game. bikes that's the is that um that is that dimension 20's like original system that no I, so I, no, no um, they're just using it a lot no they're just using it for uh mentopolis okay. right now and they even it's got funny it. because i was actually watching it just before we got on here um it, it's funny because they even have changed like the terminology of everything so even they oh, took to that system genre? yes yeah, yeah cool. to fit the genre um so i don't even know how much they're sticking to like og kids on bike right. system and stuff i'm pretty sure they're mostly just name swapping a lot of things i think um, Bria iyengar was using uh kids on bikes as well right yes yeah. uh, uh kids on broomsticks i think oh, which is oh, yep. oh, and, and i don't even know yeah, all the deep lore nice. of going into each of the different you know variations of That's that fun. um but that one's definitely always interested me for sure um, but yeah, we're working on, we're working on some stuff of getting kind of out of the, the fifth edition vibe and it's, um, cool. it's very exciting. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's good to like, make sure that you and your friends are just playing D and D for fun. We do our best to try and keep to stick to like once a month playing our home game that got us started back in 2020 before I 
said all said to all my friends, I'm doing a podcast. They were like, we knew you were going to do a podcast. We was the least surprising thing uh, <laughs> we've ever heard you say. Well, especially if you came from music, like you're coming from like that audio world. Mm-hmm. It's like not such an unfamiliar, scary behemoth to you probably. Yeah. So, and yeah. we were, we were also doing a true crime podcast during the pandemic. Oh, cool. Um, so like, uh, like early into the awesome. pandemic, I was what doing crime? that. Uh, we, uh, we did like, we kind of did like episodic. So we d- would do a different case. Oh, you um, like do each one. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Every single That's episode fun. we do a different case. It was fun. It was just, it was more just fun for me to like dive head first into podcasting. Cause I love the true crime genre and everything. And it was, um, yeah. uh, yeah, it was just a cool introduction. Um, uh, and then of course, like I found out about D and D through my co-host and friend, Zach, um, who uh, was a big fan of Dimension 20 and NADPOD, and he got me onto mm. NADPOD. Um, and that was kind of how I figured out, like kind of learned the game by listening to NADPOD. And then, of course, this, the seeds were planted of eventually getting to where we I are now. I must do this! Yeah. <laughs> 100%. 100%. But it's a, it's a, you know, it's... The rat race is demanding for sure, but it it is still very rewarding to be able to have something that you feel you can fully invest in um yeah interest in and care into and get to you know spend um that time doing it especially with something like D D, where i'm sure it's great to just spend that in, in a way like weird professional time with your friends like creating professional quality stuff with your friends especially like your podcast is so top notch, man. It oh, is thank it is you. a knockout. And I nice I hope that I hope that you know you and your friends are proud of just being able to make that quality of a product together is just very, we very are. cool. We're really, really proud of Hero Club. It's um uh especially like my uh so I do the um obviously I, I dungeon master a lot of the most of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um but I also do like the the sound design. And, oh, you uh, do that? Mm-hmm. So Nick, it's Nick so does, good. Nick and I both edit it. So we, uh-huh. we both created it. We both edit it. Nick does the like. Uh, he'll go into the four-hour, five-hour session we play and cut it up, which yeah. is a beast. Yeah, man. Find you know, cuts all the space out, cuts all the stuff we don't need, um, and frames it and times it so it's like an episode. And then I go in and fill in all the blanks. I do the mixing, mastering, and sound effects. And uh, we have like public domain music and some original mm-hmm. music that we score with rad. Um, that's that's so rad. It's really, so, really good. Yeah. Thank you. It's, it's, it's been a very fun learning stuff. Like I, I feel, I felt really like, um, uh, I think recently I had a moment where I was like, I feel good at this and it feels like it's because I've worked for countless hours on it yep. in, in like a very self-taught way. So I'm sure there's like some basic stuff, like I don't know how to do and never even thought to do, yep. but I've, I've made it work. Um, and, uh, the, the, our players are brilliant people. Um, everybody is so fun to work with. So that, that is like another thing speaking to like, if you can do something, do something you love, even if it feels like you're taking away your fun thing and making it work, because at mm-hmm. least then while you're working, you're like, especially with D and D, like I just feel tapped into creativity from all these geniuses that I uh, do stuff with. Right? Yeah. I think they're geniuses. You know, mm-hmm. they might be dumb. No, <laughs> they're very, very smart, awesome. People. They're smart to me. But I, I feel like I'm getting like you know, as the DM, sometimes you feel like when you have really great players, you're getting like a private theatrical experience, and it's yeah. like really amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel very lucky to be have created this little microcosm of uh, both learning new skills and uh, doing like our favorite thing, which is doing goofy bits and sometimes uh, uh, tugging on some heartstrings if yeah. we can. Yeah. So what? So then let's get into like what's like what was kind of maybe it was similar to me where as soon as you realized like the the got caught the D D bug you were like mm. i gotta i gotta put this on the internet so i gotta make this a thing yep. yeah um i think so in college we never thought it i said the words out loud i was i was studying to be an actor and i said the words out loud man if i could stop acting and just do D D as a job i would do it in a second and mm. as a joke because i was like that's not possible yep. uh, and then you know i found out about critical role when i was like out of college and i was like they're doing it for a job yeah shit yep. <laughs> i can do this for a job <laughs> and it was right when i was getting really disillusioned with the acting world of like uh like you know i was doing projects i was not happy doing so mm-hmm. it was it was um i like escaped 
kind yeah. of to to this D and D world to see if I could try to make something of it. Um, I think uh, Nick and I always talked about like uh, using D and D to write scripts because we were coming at it from like a we were writing a screenplay together, which yeah. was uh, about like. <laughs> It was, it was, I won't say the whole thing, but it was like about like a fish out of water story about like Boy Scouts who end up fighting like the Russian army who have like kidnapped a senator's daughter. And it was like, we were like, you know what? Let's maybe just play a D&D game and see if we can like uh, uh, not play that game, but like see if we can play a game and see if that's something that we could turn a script into. And if it works good, let's do um, it for that, which was called Scouts Honor. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We, um, played a game that was all about like Santa saving the world from the Krampus wrought apocalypse. <laughs> uh, we made it a D and D season. We released it. It was, we took it down cause the audio production was not good and mm-hmm. we didn't want it to be like the first thing people heard. Yep. Uh, yeah. But um, we loved doing it so much that we were like, Hey, let's do one more of these and take it a little more seriously as just the product itself. Like that's the story and we're not going to turn it into anything and see how we like it. Yeah. Uh, and that was like our first Hank Blackstone uh, season where Nick and Jack are playing. Just It's like they're the two PCs and we mm-hmm. led them through like a six episode story. Uh, and then we played one more game or one more campaign after we really loved that. Like that was awesome. Let's do this again. Let's do a bigger one. We did like a 10 episode. Uh, and in the last episode of that one, we lose one of the PCs and we were all sobbing around the table. Yeah. Uh, and Nick and I looked at each other and we're like, I think we're going to just do this. Yeah. Because uh, it was like more fulfilling than going back and like turning what that already was into something else. Like it was already the thing that felt the most like real mm-hmm. to us. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's awesome. And people, I- anybody who plays D&D, I think will understand that. If, yeah. if you played some good games, you know what I mean? Where you just like, man, you had to be here for that. Yes. The tangibility of it yeah. is, is integral. And, and even, even for actual play shows as an audience member, it's tangible that like yeah. that knowing that it's in the moment and knowing that it is like, not that scripted things can't be raw, but knowing that like it is fully, you know, those words are fully from the mind of this character and everything in this um, portrayal mm-hmm. really ground it to this experience that I think is really uh, honestly really easy for an audience to pull the wall away and kind of mm-hmm. see into exactly what the people at the table are experiencing, too. It's very, very unique of an experience. Yeah, you see pieces of people that like they might not even really be aware of. Yeah, which is it's it's a special thing, especially yeah. if, you got, if you got a good trusting table. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. That uh, especially that project, the Hank Blackstone one. That was the one that is is now on my um, list to go through. I'm very excited to go through. Oh it. I yeah, was listening to it a bit earlier. Um, I was saying before we uh, hopped on mic, but I am I am incredibly incredibly jealous of uh, just I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, uh, put you on a on a little pedestal here just for me oh, of no. the people you've gotten <laughs> to DM for and gotten to um, have at your table is so crazy and I'm so impressed with you've had Nolan North on your show you've had oh, yeah. Jack Quaid uh, and and also Haley Joel Osment among many other names that I was going through and I was like wow that is this is crazy <laughs> the mm-hmm. amount of just talent that he has in 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 this series um if if, if anyone's listening who hasn't listened to uh the uh the, specifically the Hank Blackstone uh series uh, that you guys have that is that is where I'm about to dive it, in. It's a bit of a star-studded season. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Um, that that was very fun. So Jack produces the podcast with us, um, especially from like a like he'll just ask some of his friends if they want to come on, and mm-hmm. it's uh, you know, we're very lucky to have people who um are like super talented and very successful actors in the space. Like, will give us the four or five hour day. Uh, um, and it's always, but it's always like really fun too. Like we yeah. make it a thing. We, 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 when we did that season, we were recording like in a, uh, a studio, which is something we don't do a lot and yeah. have never, we were recording in a laundry room for a very long time and then a studio and then the pandemic. And now it's mostly been remote. Yep. Um, but when we were in the studio, you know, 
uh, we were lucky enough to like get them a parking spot. And that was like a very fancy thing. And mm-hmm. we had like a, a bottle of whiskey and we all had like a little cheers beforehand. And uh, everybody's really, you know, especially because we've been doing so much of this for so long, everybody's very comfortable. And I think the vibe in the room goes from like the person coming in is very nervous, no matter who they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they settle into like what it is. And they're like, yeah. oh, I can have as many tries as I want to say my line. Uh, because this is not live yeah, uh, and it's going to be edited. Um, and also like these people are doing bits to make, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to be re- bring the people in and let them do their thing a little bit. And it's a very, um, the other players also, especially we do a really good job. I think of making people feel comfortable. Um, so we've been able to feel okay about, you know, checking in some crazy people would want to come. Uh, one of my favorite guests of all time is, uh, Nick Kocher from oh. uh, the sketch series Britannic is in mm-hmm. our season, the city of mirrors. And he's like a personal comedy hero of mine. Yeah. Uh, and I laughed harder than I've ever laughed for four hours. Uh, so like, and you know, Nolan North was another one where I couldn't believe it was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, I think it, it literally took like, I think Nolan coming in and just being a goofball at the mm-hmm. table. And I was like, this is just people, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is yeah. just good, talented people. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been wild, but very, very fun to have all those folks come on. We're very lucky for sure. Yeah. It's, it's a space. I feel like too the TTRPG space just makes it, it brings that, you know, sitting at a table, playing a game feeling to anything and, and just yeah. makes it so much more inviting of a space, especially amidst the entertainment industry, which I'm sure as you know, is yeah, super intense. Um, <laughs> yeah. Pretty intense. Yeah. Super fucking intense. Uh, yeah. I think also Nick and I's whole thing we're making hero club and why it's so heavily post-production. Mm-hmm. Like we do so much sound effects and music and we like, we, we do, we, if nobody knows this, we cut all the crosstalk out. There's no yep. crosstalk at the table. Yep. It's all mm-hmm. narration and character voices, but it all happened at the table. Yeah. Uh, the one thing we do do is sometimes if I'm playing like a thousand NPCs, we will take my exact thing that I said and we will have our friend dub it afterward. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, and we, we, we only do that for NPCs that are like, um, you know, where I don't want to be talking to myself for 10 minutes of the right. podcast. So right. it's like, it's, it's, you know, enough of me for love of God. And mm-hmm. I only have so many voices to use. Everyone's yep. going to start sounding the same if I don't offload it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but we wanted to make it sound like we remembered the games because telling the story is really hard, but we wanted people to re- like hear it. Like we remembered it That's and have cool. it be super accessible to people who don't know D and D. Yeah. Like, it's, it's it's a hard ask to get somebody who doesn't know D&D at all or any TTRPG to be like, hey, there's this show. It's this amazing thing. These people are pretending to be these people. They're improvising at the table. It's all live. It's four and a half hours. Yep. <laughs> and you're like, I've got kids or like yeah. I've, you know, or something, you know, but if you have a commute. Um, but those things are amazing. Mm-hmm. Those four and a half hour things. Critical role is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's undeniably like those are some of the best people doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's um, I think we were hoping we could be some kind of stepping stone for the people who wouldn't normally listen to maybe then go listen to this whole world of content. If we could, you know, and anybody who has been listening to a ton of D&D content, the idea was to be like different enough that yeah. we're something new. Yeah, it's it, it, you know, it comes across too. I mean, just quality alone just going up against you know just the general podcast like community in general like your guys's show is is incredible and and that's that i i love that um i love that vibe of wanting it to like feel like a memory and be like the game is told like the memory of a of a session is super super cool um it's really great that you've gotten to just bring those stories to life with some uh, incredibly talented people. And again, with, you know, your friends and other creatives and everything in a, in a healthy, you know, entertainment environment, very um, healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you, you know, can be hard to find sometimes. It um, is. We're, we're, we're working with your friends can be hard if your friends don't communicate, but we're all mm-hmm. very communicative yep. and, uh, uh, patient. 
with each other. And that has been, you know, there's obviously times where we think things should go differently or be different based on like just what we're doing from even just a business perspective, if we're trying to make grow this into something. And we're just we we do a good job of keeping very level heads and listening to everyone and really like coming to a decision as a group, which has been, uh, you know, I've worked in teams where that's not the case. Yeah. And, yep. um, you know, when you have a little spot where you can foster that, you, you keep it as long yep. as you can. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you uh, feel that way, right? It, oh, 100%. Your, yeah. Uh, friends, it's just like if you, if you guys can be cool with each other, it's like a huge blessing. Yeah, yeah. To, to be able to do it with um, my very, very close friends is, is a huge um, honor and a huge privilege that I uh, don't take for granted. Um, and especially like I've always I've always told people like I have a weird friend group where we're all like very, very, very close and very like found family kind of vibe. Um, so, you know, I've just gotten lucky with really good people in my life and lucky that we all like to do this same thing and then we all Those are have the best a... people to make stuff with too. Yeah. Right? It's just because you're all want to make something that feels like it came from all of you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it, and I think that's the best thing about it too. Like selfishly for me about us doing foes and fables and everything is we always talk about how, like we don't care if anybody listens cause we get to relive right. these moments ourselves. That's how we felt. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's really, it's, like it's really keep cool making these for us. Yeah. Yeah. And it feels special just for me and my friends to have this thing. Um, and if other people hop on or they don't, you know, that's fine. Cause we still get to relive these stories in the way that it was happening in our heads mm-hmm. after we've, you know, put all the music and sound effects and everything on it at the end. Cause to us in the moment, that's how it was happening. And that's how we get to relive it afterwards. They're like um, group journals too. It's kind of like you go yeah. back and listen after a while and you're like, Oh, we were all in interesting places in our lives. And that's that fed into what we did in this moment. That kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Very, yeah. very cool. Love telling stories. Love this medium of telling stories. Um, uh, to, to kind of, uh, uh, go back towards, um, uh, some of the content that you've made and some of the <laughs> things that you focus on, on your, uh, uh, channel and everything. Um, Obviously you have just a long list of very cool, like homebrewed items and mechanics and things that you've got, uh, 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 are known for. Um, what is your process for like home brewing magic items or other game mechanics? So for items, um, my primary thing that I would do is I'll either find something from like a video game or a TV show or a movie that I think is sick and put it in D&D. Uh that's that's a big one and I just try to like uh look at what the effect was represented as, see exactly if I can make if I can translate the item to a D&D stat block as it existed and then from there I balance. So that's yeah. like my process. If it's if it's too crazy like I can't give this to somebody, well let me just like make a less crazy version of this to give a player and it'll still feel like that and that makes it a little more original. Maybe they won't see the inspo where it came from. Right. Um, when I do totally original stuff, it tends to be, uh, an item that feels like it came from a, a place or characters in the campaign I'm running. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this is like the staff that means something to this village. Therefore, it has a lot of meaning infused into it without me having to go over the lore of the weapon. Right. And then the powers that it has are like, oh, of course, those would be the powers of this staff of this village. Yeah. Um, so narrative, I, I'm most inspired by narrative reasons to have an item. When I do uh like just like it's fun, isn't this a fun effect? It's more like I just think of like a silly mechanical thing. Like, wouldn't that be funny if it existed? Like, what about uh my favorite thing to give like new players is something called hydro boots, which is just <laughs> they can take in water in the heel and then jump 30 feet in any direction you want. Like oh, it's basically cool. like your own forced movement. Yeah. But it expels the water. So like you don't have you have to be waiting in water to get that bonus or specifically fill them. So it's just like a weird little like nature thing to think about gets players to think in a different way and that can be helpful for learning um 
And but like, you know, it, it, the mechanic of that is inspired by Super Mario Sunshine. I was going to say that reminds yeah. me of <laughs> Super and Mario there's Sunshine. There's a mechanic where you can swim and you can always dash action while you're swimming. And it's like the flood machine that like blasts you while you're swimming. Yeah. So like there's always, the, you know, I play a lot of video games and there's a lot of crazy stuff in video games. And there's mm. I'll always be taking mechanics from video games and making them into items. That's like maybe my biggest inspo for for that stuff. When I do like uh homebrews for like subclasses or something like that i do what i like to coin i coined uh the the uh um i forgot the coined name for it. <laughs> <laughs> shit um you need oh god coin. Get, the, get the lawyer uh no what what is the uh name that i call it's like the on uh the between rails system the train tracks system train tracks okay so like what i do is I'll put one uh, subclass from the class that I'm trying to make a subclass for that I think is the closest to it. Okay. But not quite what I want. So it'll be like inspo, but I want to be different from this. And I also want to keep in power balance with it. Mm -hmm. And then I'll take a complete, like the furthest subclass I can think of just to get like a better idea for like the subclasses balance range. I'm gotcha. like, oh, this one's all about spells and this one's all about your health. Like, OK, maybe I can oscillate somewhere in the middle there for some of these abilities. Mm. Um, and I'll just try to keep it between the train tracks, keep it, uh, you know, between the one that I'm trying to make it the closest to and between the furthest thing. So that way I'm not creating a subclass that's completely insane yeah. and unjustified in the game mechanics and also one that's not exactly the same as the class I already wanted to make. That's very cool. That is a yeah. very cool way. It's of... helpful if 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 you're um. I'm also like really uh. I, I lay things out in lists, and yeah. if you do that, it's really helpful, and it becomes almost like frighteningly easy to homebrew subclasses. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's kind of where like D and D like expands creativity by limiting it in a sense by putting rules yes. on your imagination yes. and everything Think around the rules 100%. yes yeah it, it, that's a very very smart that's why way i love the rules yes yeah it's a that's a very smart yeah. way of making sure you stay within you know doing whatever you want but the like those rails on it yeah that's very very smart that's mm -hmm. very very smart um I, I, I do love, I love that uh, video games inspire a lot of, because I feel like video games are easy. Like it's literally a game mechanic. Yeah. You're um, watching the mechanic take place. It's yeah. also, uh, you, they're also video games. So there's some great goddamn video games yep. out there and they yeah. are very inspiring. Yeah. And yeah, they're yeah. games. Yeah. I, that's the, what inspo. I, I am personally not the best at homebrew. I am a hundred percent more like, the narrative type of of um certainly homebrewing worlds and lore and that sort of thing but in terms of like homebrewing actual mechanics i am i am not um the greatest at it and have been um honestly i've i've looked at a lot of your videos as um uh inspiration for uh kind of starting to think about That's the process awesome. of of making things and everything I went um, before i left eg i we were working on a series that was going to be about how to homebrew oh uh, yeah um, I'll probably try to. Yeah, that was that's that's something I'm talking about with an editor now. Uh, I just got, made contact with one of my old editors who like has some time. Mm -hmm. We're talking about doing a series like that. Hell yeah. That's like, yeah. Well, I think that's a great segue into um, I know you kind of said before that with uh, table tips and everything, you kind of got to, you know, have free reigns to to do what you wanted. Now that you're kind of totally on your own, are there certain things that like that that you're wanting to dive into more on your page that you didn't get to before yeah i so yeah so the only reins that i was really on was like they were they, they got kind of specific about like hey these need to be under a minute long yeah and that really limited what i could make mm -hmm. uh so i have resolved not to care so much about that yeah and i pretty much all of my videos are like a minute and 10 to a minute and 30. And I understand that will not be good for me in the long run, but I don't care. Uh, mm -hmm. It's like it's sort of like maybe the algorithm will change in favor that one day. You never yeah. know. And I'll just be already doing it. So I won't have to like do a big shift. But also, I just don't think the content is as good if it's yep. if it's too short. Like, why are we here? It, yep. Like stuff can be short and very helpful. But like if it needs more time, it should be given more time. So that yep. is like the biggest thing I've taken back for myself. Um, yeah, I think that. Um, is the only thing I've really like 
done differently now that I'm fully on my own. Um, and I, I will say that, like, I think, first of all, I'm taking a little break from doing anything from, like, TV and movies because mm-hmm. WGA sag strong. Yep, yep. Uh, gonna, gotta support the the workers who deserve Absolutely. their fair wage. Um, so I'm, I'm sticking more to, like, video game stuff now, but what I would really like to do is uh, kind of trick people a little bit, and, and this is sort of in the same realm of uh, trying to bring people who don't play a lot of D&D, where I want to describe a plot hook in a D&D fashion and, like, be like, what movie is that? Oh, that's very cool. You know, something like that. I did that with a book series a very long time ago where I described the D&D plot hook and was like, that's a book series from your childhood. Which one is it? And it took like three days and someone finally was like Rowan of Rin. And I was like, that's the one, baby. That's, it's, that's very cool. You know, so stuff like that is uh, it's almost being like trying to expand the way people think about what can be a plot hook. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. I'm big. Yeah, that's I'm big into that. I can't wait for I, I hope that becomes that's a my thing. my next series and planning. So Hell we'll see yeah. how it does. That's very, very cool. Um wow yeah that's it i'm you know especially with the algorithm thing like the algorithm doesn't know what it wants it doesn't know what it wants it's a dumb algorithm it's exactly it changes its mind every day you know chasing it is is never gonna work it's an absolute fool's errand to be chasing the algorithm you'll do the thing and it'll change the next day yep yeah exactly it it, it doesn't it's literally as fickle as the audience that it thinks it's catering to people in charge don't even know because it's based on like the input of what people like the, TikTok's not manipulating it. They just gave a machine a priority and yeah. it's do making its own cho- crazy choices. Yep. So, yep. and here just, we are back in no the capitalism rat race. Here we go. <laughs> this podcast has a real opinion about stuff. <laughs> two, two Be angry men. Polarization. <laughs> two angry men on podcast shouted yeah. capitalism. <laughs> Oh man. Oh, well, that's fantastic. Uh, well, man, I, George, I feel like I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours we could um, go forever. Uh, this has been wonderful. Um, I'm, I'm so excited to see, uh, what more is to come from you and your collaborators on whatever it is you're making. Um, you, you really have like from the first time I saw one of your TikToks, I've been like, wow, this guy is like really, really oh. killing it. And everything I've seen from you since is like top notch top tier stuff man that's very um, nice yeah thank I you i think yeah i think you're bringing something really special and unique to the to the um space and everything and uh obviously with uh character to match so uh very much appreciate you being on our show is there anything <laughs> that you want alone <laughs> <laughs> is there anything you. you want to talk about or uh shout out on your way out of here um uh, go check out uh hero club podcast if you can um if you're looking for our like the latest one with like the as, as top-notch sound effects as we can get the our latest one's called cluster muck it's a um 10 player battle royale basically to get the case full of something that will solve everyone's problems uh i think like seven players die and it's crazy oh, so go give it a try crazy. uh and it's uh short it's like six episodes it's like a swamp sci-fi story and wow then, that's so um, much death <laughs> yeah it's it's so and it's crazy uh one of the group was a group of goblins and they all killed each other pretty much <laughs> one was left and it was the funniest thing i've ever seen in my whole life um uh, so go check that out. Go check out hero club in general. They've got lots of different genres. Click around heroclubpodcast.com. Uh, and otherwise, uh, you can follow me uh, on Instagram at DM George underscore Primavera. TikTok is just at George Primavera. Um, I'm on X, but don't bother. <laughs> Let it die. That's <laughs> stupid. I don't know why I'm still posting there. Um, uh, and that's it. And thank you so much for having me, Tanner. This is such a thoughtful interview. You're a very, very talented guy in your own right. And uh honored to be here thank you well thank you very much yeah well thanks everybody so much for listening we'll see you next time on friends and fables goodbye